Hi, this is Jonathan from Lewis Jewelers. If you're in the market for a diamond, we can make the experience easy and stress-free. Not to mention we can save you time and money. As a general manager, one of my roles is to hand-select every diamond that comes into our store. Don't shop alone. Come see me or one of my trusted advisors and find the perfect diamond today. Where Ann Arbor gets engaged, Lewis Jewelers. Welcome on into the Wolverine.com podcast. Clayton Safey here with Anthony Broom, Chris Ballas. Uh, join us over at the Wolverine.com. Great time to sign up. $1 right now for an entire year. That deal is going to run out soon. Uh, so make sure to take advantage, get all of our premium content over there. We just put our staff predictions up on the site. We'll talk a little bit about Michigan, Colorado State here, preview the game. We'll do our picks later on, and then we'll talk about uh, real quick some of the top games from around the country, but college football, we're recording Thursday night, some good games tonight. Week one uh, is here and uh, week zero in the books, which was kind of funny with uh, Nebraska. And we talked a little bit about that on Monday night, but um, before we get into Colorado state and talk about this game a little bit, first game of the year, that excitement is here, I guess, just for each of you guys, what's your favorite thing about game day, especially the first time of a year? Well, Scott Frost losing, right? Is uh, But I will say this. Welcome to Sean Callahan and the Nebraska site at Om3. Yeah. Those guys are a monster, and Callahan is one of the best in the business. So before we poke fun at Scott Frost, and uh, you know what? He's going to be doing fine because he's going to have another coaching search coming up here in another year or so. So uh, he'll be doing great. But uh, welcome, Sean Callahan. Um, you know what? Last week was incredible watching Nebraska Northwestern, and Northwestern put 500 yards on them. Uh, and I love – the fact that the Thursday night game, fellows, is Penn State and Purdue. It's a Big Ten game that kind of matters to Michigan because you've got Penn State in the East, obviously. And um, But more than anything, man, it's just football again. And everybody – there was actually somebody on our message board on the fort at the Wolverine.com asked, what are you most looking forward to? And I'm like, I'm about seeing football, man. I'm about seeing Olu Olu Atimi, you know, impose his will, as he likes to say, and, and how the quarterbacks fare under the pressure. More of Donovan Edwards. I can't wait to see that. I can't wait to see some of the young guys that we haven't seen yet, how Will Johnson fares, uh, just all of it. So having football back and then the tailgate and seeing the folks at the tailgates and, uh, you know, maybe having uh, one little drink before you go up to the press box and seeing the band, maybe two band take the field and uh, just all of it, fellas. Uh, I couldn't ask for a better team to be doing this with you guys. uh, Got great chemistry and looking forward to seeing you guys up there on Saturday. Yeah, for me, it's all of that. Uh, I'm a little bit different, uh, and part part of it might have to do with the fact that I have very very few friends in this world. But um, <laughs> that's part. That's that's mostly a joke. Uh, I don't. Most of the time, I get up there. You know, I like getting to the press box a couple hours early. Uh, it opens to us three hours before kickoff. It's it's like the Clayton and I were talking about this the other day. It's like the calm before the storm. I mean, the whole week for the most part is chaos at least the early part things start to taper off a little bit on thursday and friday but saturday is you know once once toe meets leather at noon you know we're gonna be working pretty hard until probably sunday afternoon and chris and and your uh you know from your perspective into sunday evening when you with you doing the show with skiing so it's a nice you know get your cup of coffee it's you sit you get to see uh michigan like michigan stadium is beautiful with fans in it but there's something so peaceful about seeing it just empty and you see trickles of people start to come out in the field, support staff, specialists, things like that. Um, you know, football season can be very chaotic for us. So that, that couple hours where you're up there and, and there's, 
you know, he can barely hear a pin drop. That's that's peace for me. Uh, I love that. I love the walk to the stadium. I've been parking uh, last year. I started parking sort of down by Pioneer uh, where you can kind of walk down along tailgates and, and things like that. And just the atmosphere to see, you know, you see the certain flags of, of people who tailgate there. They're always in the same spot. You see the same people on the way in the stadium. It's always delightful to see Michigan support staff, people who are so incredibly sweet when they check you in, when they're up in the press box, all that type of stuff. So for me, it's like, yes, the sport is back and Thursday night's going to be a lot of fun. I mean, week zero. Yeah, it is what it is, but we're actually in it now. And it's fun to see a big 10 conference game played on Thursday night. Uh, there'll be another one Friday night, uh, Illinois and Indiana will play, although a lot less stakes on the line in a game like that. It's, you know, I, I love, I love that we're here. I mean, we're a week, a week away from having Thursdays that have college and NFL. We'll have Saturdays full of college Sundays full of NFL. I mean, I love the summer and I love the spring, uh, but the fall, it just, it, it just hits differently. I'm ready for sweater weather, I guess is, is what I'm trying to say. See the, see the goosebumps, Clay? That's the writer yeah. talking right there, man. So <laughs> although the lion's hat, you know what? Here, I've got this thing. I'm looking like I'm ready to take off in my helicopter here, waiting for clearance. But this guy's got a lion's hat on, on Michigan football game work. We're going to have to work on that, Anthony. And I'm guessing by about week 10 or week 11, that thing. Will well, I'm an unbiased work. journalist, so. Of course you are. Uh, absolutely. Do that. And unfortunately, a sad sack lion's fan like the rest of us, that thing will be back in the closet, like I said, in by week 10 but anyway clay let's have it 16 and one this year that's my pick for <laughs> one. but yeah it's it's all of it for me too. seeing the family at the tailgate at least this weekend will be fun and uh and i can't wait for that dog to sniff my backpack before i'm uh you know cleared to go up in the press box that's that's always fun too glad you get. said backpack i wasn't sure where you're going with that so. yeah <laughs> um so yeah let's talk about colorado state i kind of feel bad about uh for colorado state they got one question at the entire Monday press conference, and it, I think it was to, I forget what player, but it was like the last question of the day, too, which was incredible. Jim Harbaugh with no questions about Colorado State. Hilo um, had one. This is an interesting team, too. I mean, I don't think they're going to be very good, and I think Michigan will win comfortably. Obviously, we'll talk about that. But 54 new guys on their roster, 25 transfers, 11 of which are from Nevada, where Jay Norvell, the head coach, came from uh, he brought a lot of his staff over from there a lot of guys that were there with him maybe went somewhere else but are now reunited with him in Fort Collins um let's start with the Michigan defense against the air raid offense of Colorado State because I feel like we've talked so much about quarterbacks and Michigan offense and all those sorts of things um and we'll obviously get to it but it's, it's be interesting it's a tough first test for Michigan I think it's good that they have this test because they're gonna have to play Maryland in a few weeks who's gonna open up the passing game but um, Clay Millen, their starting quarterback, was going to compete this year for the starting job at Nevada. He sat behind Carson Strong last year, who's now on the Eagles, but he decided to make the jump. And somebody made the good point on our message board. Jay Nor Norvell must be a pretty good coach to get this many starters to come with him to Colorado State. Nevada was winning. They had made four straight bowl games, and now they join a team that went three and nine last year. So I think that's significant. Five starters on the team uh, projected are from Nevada um, and seven are transfers. So on, uh, that's just on their offense too. 
Um, so what do you guys expect to see, I guess, from the Michigan defense here? Well, number one, I hate that. I hate that, you know what, the, all these guys are leaving. The program's basically decimated, right, because the coach leaves and these guys are immediately eligible. But I guess if coaches can leave, then players are should be allowed to be eligible right away too. So there's that. Uh, I do expect some, uh, I wouldn't say growing pains in that secondary. You know, one of the things, and you can read about it in your ITF tomorrow, that secondary still has a little bit of work to do at Michigan. Now they're going against some elite receivers, but you're going to be seeing some rubber out you're going to see that ball going in the air as I wrote in keys to the game. You know what? They want to take their shots at the end zone and Millen's got a good arm. He can get it there. He's got a big arm. So uh, he's only played, I think started 15 games in high school and this will be his first start and it's at the big house. So you don't know how he'll respond, but it's going to come down to pass rush. It's going to become, come down to how they disguise those defenses. What a great job Mike McDonald did last year, for example, against Ohio State's passing offense. And we know that Jesse Minter is similar. So, but you can't have the broken plays, fellows. You can't have a guy running behind you because, you know, one of the five wide receivers on the field gets behind you and, and somebody blows an assignment. So I would imagine they're going to have a little bit of success through the air initially and until Michigan adjusts. But it's going to be up to the offense to keep pace, and I think they will. I think they should be able to put up a ton of points. Uh, but that's one of the beauties, guys, of each year. You don't really know until you get into it. We understand that there are uh, a lot of great players on the Michigan offense, right? But we don't know the dynamics, uh, you know, between the, the new offensive linemen and how long it'll take them to gel. Maybe some guys have some butterflies. But uh, to me, this will be one of those games where I think Michigan will score quite a bit. But it wouldn't surprise me at all if Colorado State moved the ball a little bit, too, with all those receivers running all over the place. Yeah, there's something I always push back against when when talking about non-conference play, especially this non-conference slate. Like I know I've I've said what I've said about that being traffic cones, so to speak. But and, and Jim Harbaugh doesn't set the schedule, mind you. I know that was that was somehow a talking point some somewhere along the line this summer. Um, you know what what games like this will do? I mean, like you said, I think there will be growing pains a bit for the defense, but that's what that that's fine. I mean, you want that to happen. Now you want to set a baseline. You want to put stuff on film. You need to get better at. There are just some things, you know, I know that Michigan's offense is talented and the defense practices against them every day, but you know, there's some things you just can't gauge until the intensity is a bit higher. The Jersey color uh, across from you is a little, is, is different. Uh, so it's about putting things on film and also, you know, they've been prepping all week for what is essentially an air raid offense, which uh, Clayton, like you said, is something that they'll see against Maryland in a few weeks. I, I don't think that Michigan will have a ton of issues against either of those teams, but it's less about the resistance they get Saturday and more about what they're like, the concepts they're preparing to see from Monday through Thursday or Friday, whatever it is. I mean, that's that's all stuff. A lot of these things come back to I won't say haunt you later in the year, but they come back and it's something you have to prepare for later in the season. And when you have that baseline of, okay, we prep for the air raid in week one, we thought we did pretty well with this, but these are some things we need to improve on some things we need to tighten up. That's where non like that's where this comes into play. Um, they'll win on Saturday. Like this isn't an Appalachian state thing where you have 13 future NFL guys on the roster. Not that we knew that that was coming at the time. And I know people are always bracing themselves for that, but that was literally a one in a million chance of that happening. You know, this is this is all about setting setting a tone, setting a baseline, figuring out what you are. Uh, you know, even the offensive guys have said they want to know what their uh, their identity is. They're ready to see things that they practice put into place on the field. So, to me, that's where it is. I mean, you'll you know, it, it's going to be a good test for a young secondary. It'll be a great test for a pass rush that has a lot of guys, but not one or two guys right now. Which I think 
is fine for now, but later in the season, you're going to need some guys that emerge as playmakers at that position. So those are all kind of the baseline things I'll be looking for in, in this game this week. Couple key numbers to know about the Colorado State offense. Offensive line combines for 92 starts together, but none of them have played, uh, you know, next to the guy that they're going to be playing with. So that is interesting. Four out of five are transfers. So Chris, as you mentioned, yeah, maybe there'll be some stuff with, you know, the Michigan offense or whatever, and you know, seeing how they mesh and all this stuff with the offensive line, Olu coming in. I, I'm excited to see that and, and see how it plays out as well. But same thing's going to be going on on the Colorado State offensive line. And then Nevada, the offense, basically they're running with five guys from there uh, starting 11, uh, seven, or 77 plays of 20-plus yards last season from scrimmage. That ranked 11th in the country. Um, so Jay Norvell and his offense, they, they can you know kind of figure out how to get some big plays there. Um, let's shift over to the Michigan offense. Cade McNamara will be leading it, at least at the beginning. Jim Harbaugh said earlier in the week, though, uh, Chris, when you asked him uh, if J.J. will play this game or, and if Cade will play against Hawaii, he said they're not going to withhold any good thing, which we take that to mean any good quarterback. You know, why would they go with another guy at quarterback when, uh, you know, the other guy can get some work too? This isn't going to be some, you know, video game type of thing. Like you're, you're going to play your next best guy uh, when that opportunity comes. Um, the Michigan offense – I, I mean, I can't wait to see Ronnie Bell back on the field. You mentioned Donovan Edwards, what kind of role he's going to have, what they're going to do with him. Uh, I think Michigan's going to be able to run the ball on this front seven. There's a lot of question marks there. One of their starting inside linebackers walked onto the team last year uh, and talking to Kevin Lytle from the Colorado, uh, I believe is how you say it, uh, is, you know, he said depth on defense is huge. And then somebody pointed out on the message board, well, it's going to be about 90 degrees. And uh, that will test them as well against a high-powered Michigan offense. So something to watch there. But what are you guys looking for from the Michigan offense? Lot to lot to look for. Yeah, I want to see more balance. I want to see. You know what? I, we know they can run the ball most likely, right? I want to see a little bit more passing this year, and I think we will. I think people have underestimated, and speaking to people in the building, underestimated Hassan Haskins' loss from this offense and how he could move the chains and break tackles. And uh, I love this guy. I, I, I love Hassan Haskins. At one point, I thought this guy is not a back capable of doing that at this level. And he just kept working and working and working and got to the point. And I think Mike Hart helped him there. Let's be honest, uh, a great running backs coach, get to that next level, but they aren't going to have that this year. So, you know what, if you're facing third and three, is that going to be more of a passing situation this year? Cause I can tell you going back and looking at the film at how many times Hassan Haskins picked up, three yards when there were none to be had on, on maybe a third and two. Uh, it was quite a bit. So the offensive line did a great job last year and Hassan Haskins made them look better than they were at times too. And I think it was Olu Oluwatimi who said, these guys are going to make us look better too, Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards, but in different ways, you know what, maybe with their shiftiness, maybe with making a safety miss or somebody that uh, misses a block and they make a miss. So, so that's going to be interesting to me. Somebody asked, what's the split going to be? What did you say the split was last year between run and pass? Wasn't it 59% clay or something like that? Yeah. Right? The end of the year is 59% run. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to see 55, 45, and I'd like to see them work on that, those aspects because they've got so many receivers, guys, so many weapons. Look at the tight ends, Eric all, you know what, take your shots, do some play action. I wouldn't even mind it if they open it up with a, you know, a little play action on first down and, and take a shot, but I'm not expecting it. You know what? We'll have to put some bets on that, but uh, it's going to be fun to see how they use these weapons. 
And to me, uh, I don't care who's at quarterback. And we've said this a million times, you know, it is going to be, we knew the answer to that question, what Jim Harwell was going to say. We expected both quarterbacks to play in both games and we expect both quarterbacks to play probably throughout the year. There are some people who absolutely hate that and it blows my mind. You know what? You've got two capable guys that can do things. Go for it. Have fun with it. So, and to me, uh, it's going to play out. I'm glad I'm not with the one making the decision in some of these big games. We were talking about Iowa, for example, but Cade McNamara is a more than capable quarterback. J.J. McCarthy is potential NFL starter at some point with his skill set. So to me, uh, you can't lose. Hi, this is Jonathan from Lewis Jewelers. If you're in the market for a diamond, we can make the experience easy and stress-free. Not to mention we can save you time and money. As a general manager, one of my roles is to hand-select every diamond that comes into our store. Don't shop alone. Come see me or one of my trusted advisors and find the perfect diamond today. Where Ann Arbor gets engaged, Lewis Jewelers. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Yeah, I'm with you there. I think uh, to to expound on the quarterback thing a little bit more, I I thought it was someone on the board. I saw that like in the first two non-conference games last year, Michigan's run pass balance was like 74% and 71%. That ain't going to cut it in these first two games. Like like they can probably win that way and be fine. But if if you're sitting here telling us that this quarterback battle is ongoing, I'm sorry, like you're just not going to get a true evaluation if, Let's say, like, even Cade McNamara and J.J. McCarthy. Let Michigan, let's say Michigan's beating these teams so badly that they only play in the first half. I don't see how you get an evaluation of what those guys are doing with less than, you know, 15 attempts, 20 att- Like, is 20 attempts too high? I don't know. Um, so I don't expect them to be the air raid. But I do think that, you know, at the expense of maybe covering a spread or two or what have you, I think that they will try throwing the ball a little bit more. Um Last year, the reason they did run as much as they did is because they came out of camp knowing that the strength of their offense is going to be Hassan Haskins and Blake Corum with Donovan Edwards in there and and their offensive line. And I think to a certain extent, that's still something they want to work off of. But again, if you're selling us that, and I, I take Jim Harbaugh for his absolute gospel truth. I don't think he's, you know, at this point, I think that this, you know, he says what he means and that's how it is. You know, if they're still going to sell the fact that this is a open quarterback competition and that, you know, JJ's start in week two isn't an appeasement or Cade's start in week one isn't just because he won the Big Ten last year, you have to give your, you have to put that on film um, that, that this is an evaluation and what you guys want to see. Um, you know, some, some guys just take it to a different level in practice and, or in games as opposed to practice. I know it's a, it's a rival team, but, you know, the old, the old bit about, you know, Charles Rogers at Michigan state was that he was an absolute dog in practice and not a dog. And like now dog is cool. It's cool to be called a dog. Um, you know, he would kind of be a bit of a, you know, just kind of sleepwalk through it. And then when game day came, that dude was a superstar and arguably the best receiver in college football. 
it's a little bit different when you're a quarterback, but you know, I, I want to see it. I, you know, all the practice, the best thing about this, and Clayton, this is something else you and I talked about, is that Saturday, like the speculation, the talk, the bits, the what people say is clickbait coming from us, it's done. The film will tell the story, and I'm excited for that above above all else. Yeah, no doubt. And even then, we'll see against these type of opponents how much exactly we learn. Um, I do think they'll pass a little bit more. I think it'd be, at this point in this season, too, a disservice to the skill position players that they have. They want to spread the ball around. They want to get these guys some work in game action. These guys have been working for a long time. And as Jim Harbaugh said a week ago, his team's been ready to play for a week, uh, which is, you know, so these guys are chomping at the bit. They all want to get theirs. Um, that said, though, Colorado State, they allowed 166.3 rushing yards allowed per game last year. That was ninth in the Mountain West. Nevada was actually the worst uh, and even worse than that in the Mountain West under Jay Norvell. So, um, you know, not saying everything's going to translate from, you know, with such a new roster on this team or, it's you know, he's going to bring whatever was there with Nevada in terms of how they're going to play. But, uh, you know, just something to watch there. Um, we'll talk a little bit more about this game in a second when we make our picks. Um, let's talk about some of the other games around the country, though, before we do that. In a segment, we will call No Man Knows the Future. I think that's – it's fitting Jim Harbaugh on Monday. It's biblical. It's biblical. Yeah, it's biblical and – Here's the thing, too. It's so ironic in our business because we got to pick stuff. You know, hell, we just threw the staff picks, Chris, you did on the site, all that stuff. Um, but it's it's a great cop out. You can just be like, well, no one knows. So why? What's the point? So I, I even threw that in my pick a little bit, <laughs> uh, although I did have a final score. Um, but let's look at some of the games around the country tonight. Our producer, Hutch's uh, Penn State Nittany Lions are going at Purdue. Purdue, three and a half point underdog at home. I got Penn State winning and covering. I think people are sleeping on them a little bit this year. I know Purdue's good and could potentially compete for the West, but I got Penn State. Uh, Hutch is a – I didn't know Hutch was a PSU guy. Yeah. And now we're going to have some fun with that. So, yeah. uh, Hutch, I don't know, man. I, You know, I've been, I've been thinking about Purdue in this game. And, uh, at, you know what, an opener on the road like that. If, if the crowd shows up, Purdue has gotten some people at home. We know that. And they've got a, a very good offensive head coach. So I think Penn State, the strength of their team, is going to be their defense. And then, of course, uh, Sean Clifford back for his 10th year. So uh, doing the retirement ceremony, I think they have a rocking chair ready for him at halftime of that one. So, uh, but uh, <laughs> but anyway, I, I you know what? I, I go back and forth on this one. Uh, you know what? I don't think we are – lucky enough to have Nebraska and Penn State both lose. I think Penn State will probably win that game in a tight one, but you know what? Keep an eye on Purdue. I, I, they could certainly win that game. I'm, I'm on Purdue as well. Uh, I think it will be a tight game. I don't need to make a a money line prediction here, so I, I will say that I think Purdue covers. Uh, I think that the total on the game is probably going over. I think that there's going to be some fireworks here. Uh not to not to beat a dead horse with with some of Penn State's recent struggles, but eleven and eleven their last twenty two games under James Franklin and Thursday night on the road it's a weird vibe. Uh, I don't know. I like uh, you know James Franklin is still kind of like sort of taking shots at his offensive line, like not not direct shots, but kind of odd there uh, how that's gone down since Big Ten media days. So I'm going to go with Purdue here. That's that's my pick. I don't know if they'll win, but I think they'll cover the the number there. Be watching that one in beautiful Westphalia tonight, so can't wait. And Hutch, eleven and eleven—that's not good enough, buddy. Just not. 
You golfing at Huckleberry? Not this time. So okay. just going to be drinking some Bush Light and watching some football, hanging out with the great, great people of Westphalia and, and, Austin, and Austin Fox, of course. Yeah, and Austin Fox. A great time <laughs> with great people, of course. Uh, they got some airtime on the huge show a couple weeks back. Uh, let's talk Oregon versus Georgia. Georgia, the defending national champion, 17-point favorites at Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta on Saturday. Um, Oregon could potentially – you know, compete for the Pac-12 here. 17 points feels like a lot, but at the same time, I think, I think I'm taking it. Uh, I think Georgia is is just going to shut them down with their uh, defense, which lost a lot, but still returns a ton. And uh, I got Georgia in this one. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, that's a program that knows how to win, and they're going to put up some points. They, I mean, they're just they were men against boys when Michigan came to town, and I think it's going to be the same uh, with Oregon. So uh, I think that offense will be a little bit tougher for them to stop than Michigan's was last year. Michigan didn't show up, but uh, to me, that environment and that team, I think they're going to have a good shot to cover that. Yeah, I've got Georgia too. Uh, stat of the day here uh, for people thinking Oregon. Oregon is six and thirteen against the spread in their last nineteen games. Uh, this is basically a home game for Georgia playing at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Uh, Oregon has to come. I know it's a it's a 3.30 kick, but they still have to travel across the country. Um, this is one of those, you know, I get it. The bit every year when when national champs lose a ton of players is, uh, well, here comes the drop. No, I think Georgia wins big. And tons of yeah. five stars coming in, right? Exactly. If you're a national champion, it means you recruit at an insane level. Uh, mm-hmm. Some, you know, by hook or by crook, I guess you could say. And Georgia does. Uh, Dan Lanning, new uh, head coach at Oregon, coming back to face, uh, you know, the team. He was just a defensive coordinator there, stayed on for the Michigan game and the national championship. Uh, This is a sneaky good game. Utah at Florida, first game for Florida with the new staff. Utah also looking to compete for the Pac-12. They are a lot of people's dark horse college football playoff pick. Florida only uh, a three-point underdog here. I actually have Florida, uh, I think – I think they're going to get it done, at least keep it within the number. I don't. I, I like Kyle Whittingham and I like Utah. And I just, I think he's a great football coach. And in fact, when Michigan was looking for coaches a while back, I said, this is a guy, I don't think they'll ever, he'll ever leave, but this is one of the more underrated coaches in the country. I think he's proven to be that. I think that's an extremely well-coached team. I think they're going to go in there and, and win that game. So this is going to be a fun one to watch though. It's probably one of the marquee games of the weekend, right? Up there with Notre Dame and Ohio State. So uh, I love it. I, I can't wait to see it. And I really am kind of a Utah fan. It is crazy how tough Michigan has how tough a time Michigan has had with Utah if you think about it you wouldn't think so but uh, they lose more often than they win that game well think about this they schedule that three game set with Utah two at home the one on the road Utah gets all three all Who three thought when they scheduled that in the Lloyd Carr era Crazy. well you know, if you told me that Rich Rodriguez was coaching then I probably would have so I'm right but young. we didn't know that at exactly time, yeah <laughs> there it is I think that's one of I could be mistaken here but that is one of uh, just a handful of uh, series that with more than one game played where Michigan does not have the all-time advantage or at least probably right. Yeah. Yep. So a lot of people saying that could be a Rose bowl matchup this year. If Michigan doesn't win the big 10. So uh, I'll be watching Utah closely. Uh, you know, that team just um, even in the Rose bowl, I mean, they, they punched Ohio state in the mouth. Ohio state just had too much firepower. Uh, I have to say one of my favorite traditions this time of year is when like a fan base, like Florida or Tennessee or, one of those SEC schools like hires a new coach and there's, there's a ton of hype. Everyone there, you know, it's a home game and you get popped at home in the first game of this new coach's era. Uh, I think that's going to happen again. I think Utah probably wins by 
I don't know, eight, nine points, whatever it winds up being, uh, and goes into the swamp and gets a victory and some very sour feelings for Gator fans in the first game of the Billy Napier era. I'm going to use a media cliche. I wouldn't be shocked if all that happened too. This is kind of my bolder prediction. I would love to see Utah go in there and win that game. Uh, so there's another hedge by me. Uh, number five, Notre Dame at number two, Ohio State. Really the game everyone's been talking about. The biggest game of the weekend here to kick things off. I'm excited because we got the noon game. We'll be writing all afternoon, but hopefully uh, be done by eight o'clock for this start. Ohio State, 17-point favorites at home. Notre Dame, first game under head coach Marcus Freeman. Um, Questions about the Ohio State defense? Questions about the Notre Dame defense? I like the over in this game, 59 points, but I think Ohio State's going to cover the 17. I think it'll be close in the first quarter, maybe quarter and a half, but they'll start to pull away. They got too many weapons on offense. It's a big number. It really is. But you know what? Is Notre Dame going to be able to move the ball through the air? If they can run the ball a little bit, you know, early, then – I'm going to be intrigued, but I see Ohio State putting up a ton of points on this team. I really do. And uh, that's just that's an elite offense. You saw how they put 27 on Michigan and it took red zone stops. Number one, Michigan played a great defensive game. Number two, um, you know what? They 400 yards passing. You know what? And it wouldn't have seemed like it, but you look at it and it's like, okay, because they have so many weapons, they're going to put up points. So I think that, yeah, I think it'll be. Uh, a game w- in which Ohio State covers late, and uh, but I do see him covering that 17 points, and then we can stop reading about Marcus Freeman for a while and how he's, you know, the next god of, of the coaching ranks. I mean, I'll sing Marcus Freeman's praises if he does cover the 17. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do. I'm going to go with Notre Dame to cover that because it is a big number. I think that there's going to be a lot of points scored in this game. Wouldn't shock me to see Ohio State top 50. I think they could do that to a lot of people this year. Uh, but they have defensive questions too, and that's a new complicated scheme that Jim Knowles is putting in. I do think that Notre Dame is going to be able to punch them in the mouth a little bit, and maybe it's a backdoor cover, but um, I think they'll find a way. I, I don't know why I feel that way. I, like, I wouldn't bet the number. I think I'd probably be more betting the over in this game, uh, which is set at 59. Uh, Ohio State could get there you know, on its own almost. So, um, but for the purposes of this, I'll, I'll take Notre Dame to cover. You got to have a little bit of separation here in picks. So we're not all, uh, you know, and if you want to call me Notre Dame slappy, that's fine. I did go to 10 years of Catholic school. So, <laughs> um, yeah, Notre Dame. I like their offensive line, the number two offensive line in the country, according to on three in an article, uh, this off season behind Michigan. Um, so let's talk about that Michigan game and uh, our picks are out on the site. So go read the whole article. Always fantastic. I've been reading these for a long time, Chris, putting together a little humor in there, a little analysis, and then all the picks, of course. So uh, super fun to be a part of those, of course. I got Michigan winning this game 45 to 10. That would be covering the spread. Torn on that. I wouldn't bet it if, uh, you know, you know, if I were a betting man, which I guess I am, but so I won't be betting it. I guess is a better way to put it. George Hilo was saying the other day he was at Colorado State in 2017 when they played Alabama. And, you know, teams like Colorado State, it's kind of the us against the world mentality. They came in ready. Um, They only lost that game to the eventual national champs by 18 points. They scored two touchdowns late to get there. So keep that in mind when you're betting this. They're not going to give up, especially with the way they run offense. Um, But I don't know. That's the score that I kind of came to mind. And that's what I got. 
Yeah, I, th- I think I had 41-16. I think they'll get to the red zone a few times with that passing game, and Michigan will hold them to some field goals. You kind of still have to have a running game right down by the goal line. So uh, as long as you don't give them up the big plays and, and give them up over your head, you think you should be fine. So it was interesting to me that the spread, I think, went from 27 to 31 overnight, literally overnight. And it's like, yeah. who, know- who knows something? You know, what's going on here? Who's not playing for Colorado State or whatever? So uh, that'll be fascinating to see what, how- what happens on- when they take the field on Saturday. But I, I- I think Michigan's got too much firepower. I think that the offense will get rolling. And I think even Karsh picked 59 points for Michigan, which uh, surprised me. I think Norvell's a good coach. I think they are going to be a well-coached team. And I think in time, that's going to be a pretty good football program under him. But Michigan's got too much, and I think they pull away in the second half. It'll be comfortable at halftime, then they pull away in the second half. Yeah, I said it in the staff prediction piece. I mean, I have Michigan 49-16, so I guess that would be them covering – I wrote I wrote this in the the prompt that I sent in too. I mean, I just like the way they handle their business. I mean, it's it's similar to last year, but also there's a swagger about it now because they have won the Big Ten. They did go to the playoff. They did have a great season last year, and um, you know none of them. I haven't heard a single person rest on their laurels uh, in any of these media things that we've had since February. So you know when spring football started. So. Um, I think that Georgia game was sobering to them. I think that they are fueled by that. And also the Michigan state game last year. Uh, you know, again, this is, this has been a, a workman like group that it's almost, you know, they have a good staff and things are very organized, but it almost feels like things are kind of self-run right now, self-sustaining. And that's why you can bring in a transfer like Yabi and Oma. That's why you can announce that you're going to start two quarterbacks in two different weeks and no one really bats an eye at it. Uh, Jim Harbaugh has said it. This team doesn't flinch. I think that they do have championship DNA. I think they do have the ingredients to get back to the heights that that they were at last season. And uh, I think they'll take care of their business on Saturday. So, uh, you know, part of my prediction was that Cade plays well, is efficient, takes care of the football, has a couple chunk plays through the air, and then drops the football on the sideline and tells number nine it's his move next week. So, yeah, uh, business-like win. I think that they'll be able to uh, to do what they need to do to get out of this and uh, without any major question marks moving forward. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see both guys even play this week. JJ, could someone even ask us in, in the chat today, I mean, you know, who's going to throw for more yards? I mean, it could be JJ if he gets like the whole second half or something like that or the third quarter. Uh, we'll see exactly how that plays out. Could you imagine if that happened in the meltdown that would ensue? If uh, yeah, you know what, oh my well, god, I told you so. <laughs> there's there's gonna be a meltdown about whatever happens. It is anyway, so it's uh, getting we're old, just man. Bracing ourselves for it at this yeah. point. Um, let's finish with a couple quick hitters that we will uh, kind of keep track of throughout the season. Real quick, we'll go through uh, who do you guys think the offensive player of the game is going to be for Michigan? Harder in these games, but I got Blake Corum. I think he's going to have a big day early. I do too. I think he's going to rip off a couple big runs and, you know, it's going to be one of those seven carry 120 yard deals or something. You don't know, but it's certainly possible with that offensive line. So I like Corum and wouldn't surprise me at all. Even if Donovan Edwards got in there and did some huge things and, you know, in the second half when he got more run and and eclipsed to that. So they've got a couple of guys there that are very capable. I'm going to go with Cornelius Johnson. I think that he's going to have, you know, a big year. He'll still be Michigan's number two wide receiver. I think at his best, he's he's a solid to good number two. I think that having Ronnie Bell back is going to take a lot of pressure off of him. Seemed to struggle a bit last year when he would draw double coverage or, you know, he would draw team's number one cornerback because he was their number one wide receiver down the stretch. So I think that he's going to have a big game, uh, which we'll talk about here soon, just how big a game. 
but yeah, I think he'll probably grab, you know, five passes or so and and maybe a long touchdown to just kind of say, hey, you know what? Everyone's talking about Ronnie Bell. Everyone talks about Andrew Anthony and Darius Clemens and all these other guys. What about me? I think he's going to have a what about me game is the best way to put it. Okay. I could see that. And yeah, good little tease for what's coming up at the end. Defensive player of the game. I have Mike Morris. I think him talking about how he wants to exploit the weak link on uh, the opposing offensive lines this year by being able to move around from anywhere from edge all the way to nose, depending on the situation. I have pegged that weak link on the Colorado State offensive line. His name is Brian Crespo Jaquez. He's going to be making his first career start. So those 92 career starts I mentioned earlier from the offensive line combined are from four guys. He's making his first start. He's a redshirt freshman at the left tackle spot. I think Mike Morris is going to be able to overpower him in his first game um, after redshirting last year. So I'll go with Mike Morris. I think he'll have maybe a sack, uh, maybe force a fumble, something like that. There's a little bulletin board material for Brian or whatever it is. So I'm going, with, yeah. Yeah, I'm going with uh, Junior Colson, man. I think he's going to be coming from all angles. And I think you're going to see him more involved in the pass rush this year than a lot of people think because he's got that ability. They can stand him up. Remember how they used to stand Sean Crable up sometimes in the middle of the line, use his athletic ability. It's probably before your time again. I can't believe how old we're getting. No, I'm a Crable guy. All right, well, there you have it. So, um, But I think you're going to see Colson used in a number of different ways. This guy's a specimen. I, I don't think people understand how good this guy really is. And excited to see it. Uh, I'm excited to see what kind of a year he has and the linebackers in particular, but I think he's going to have a big game and a big year. Yeah, I like Clayton. Uh, you know, it's basically the line from the water boy where the remember the what, what does the kicker say? I won't say it here. This is a family show, but he goes, <laughs> there's my guy. Yeah. So um God, defensive player. Who did I pick? I just I just wrote something on this. Why am I blanking? Oh, uh, I'm looking at the edge rushers this weekend. I'm gonna stay there. Uh I'm gonna go with Jalen Harrell. I think that's a guy that has again talk about lost guys and in, in rotation similar to the Cornelius Johnson pick. I think if he has improved at all as a pass rusher, he's a three-down defender and a guy that's going to be pretty hard to take off the field because he can set the edge. He can play run support. He can um, you know, he can do some things in coverage when his name is called. So I'm looking forward to see the step forward that he's taken because if he can do all of those things, that's kind of the archetype of what they think Derek Moore can be down the road. So um excited to see kind of the present and what the future holds for the Michigan pass rush. Also, Honorable mention, Iabi Anoma as well. He'll be the defensive wow. player, but ready to see what that guy can do. Wow. Okay. Um, freshman, you're most excited to see real quick. Kenneth Grant for me, because we didn't see him in the spring. And that guy at, what, 356 pounds. I can't wait to see him go against some of those guys on Colorado State. I want to see how Will Johnson covers. They're, he's going to have an opportunity this week. And let's see if he's as good as advertised and if he can hang with these guys. And if he can, that's going to be great news for Michigan. And really anxious to see, really, on, on the other side, Mike Sanderson, how he does in coverage. This is a good first test for him, switching positions. Even though yeah, I'll go with Will Johnson, too. Um Again, for all the reasons Chris just said, and also last year, Jamon Green lost his job because DJ Turner came on. I think Jamon Green's improved, but you know his challenge is going to be holding off Johnson this year, and uh, we'll see how, how long he's able to do that. Let's finish up with a new sponsor. Uh, football is back. There isn't a way to enjoy watching your favorite team uh, more than playing daily fantasy with our friends at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the simplest form a real money daily fantasy sports and pits you just against the numbers. Whether you're a fantasy sports nut or a casual fan looking to add some excitement to the games, Prize Picks is the perfect game for you. 
it's the best way to have action on the games in states like Michigan. Shout out uh, Kentucky, Alabama, Florida, Texas, Georgia, and over 70% of the United States. Prize Picks is currently operational in over 30 states and Canada, not Ontario, though. Uh, you're sim- you're, you simply select two to five players and predict if they'll go more or less than their prize picks projection. You can win uh, up to 10 times your money on any entry. The payouts looking at the site today are really good. Um, my picks for this week, uh, I took two different sets of them, but Keaton Slovis for Pitt transferred there from USC. He's going up against JT Daniels and West Virginia. I saw John Beeline tweet about the backyard brawl rivalry, which is back for the first time since 2011. He's going to go more than 264 and a half passing yards. I have that partnered with Blake Corum going over 100, uh, 107 and a half rushing yards. Those are my, uh, you know, got those things together there. Uh, what are your guys' picks for this week? I've got Ronnie Bell over 68.5 yards receiving. I think he's going to have a big one, and I think he's going to have four or five catches early. You know, Cade McNamara loves this guy, right? You remember yeah. that last year? And in the opener against this team, I think he's going to go over that. I also think that Blake Corum, I'm going to stick with Michigan uh, and say that Blake Corum runs for more than 107.5, probably in the first half, yeah. uh, to be honest with you. And then we're going to see a lot of Donovan Edwards, hopefully some C.J. Stokes. Excited to see him, guys. Nobody mentioned him as a true freshman, but you want to see the running style and see if he's as wiggly as they say he is and you know take a look at the future mm-hmm. yeah my picks for the week i went uh one michigan state guy or i'm sorry one michigan guy one ohio state guy i the aforementioned cornelius johnson uh his receiving yards number was set at 48 and a half i'm going with more than that i think he's gonna have a big game and then marvin harrison uh, ohio state wide receiver obviously the son of indianapolis colts royalty uh, his number is set at five receptions against Notre Dame. I think Jackson Smith and Jacob is going to get a lot of attention. I'm going more than five for Marvin Harrison. So uh, we're going more twice this week. So more, yeah. they say less is more, but I'm going with more is more. More is more. What was Marvin Harrison's dad's name? Are you kidding? Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I hope so. Um, I was going to say, we're about ready to replace you. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Uh, So everyone out there, join us. We're going to be doing these and we'll talk about it on the message board as well. All season long, download the prize picks app or visit prizepicks.com. I just did it right on my computer. Super easy. Sign up using the code Wolverine. You get an instant hundred percent bonus up to hundred dollars on your first deposit. Uh, So if you deposit a hundred dollars, prize picks will give you a hundred dollars. If you deposit 50, prize picks will give you 50 on and on uh, up to $100 there. Don't forget that's the prize picks app or prizepicks.com in the code Wolverine. Make sure to give us credit there to claim your bonus today and take your viewing of your team to the next level this season. Uh, so thanks to prize picks for sponsoring the show. Uh, anything else, fellas, before we go here? Let's get back to writing, fellas. Two days. Right. Cannot wait and uh, look forward to seeing you guys up there. Yeah. I would echo all that. And also, uh, Chris, safe travels to Westphalia. Yeah, hopefully we'll Austin make it back Fox in one piece. Absolutely will. Yep. Enjoy the games, everybody, this weekend. Hopefully we'll see you at the big house. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at Chumba Casino. 
ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.